0: Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Follow in these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises more loyalty and trust in your relationships and more. It's not really about doing
1: more, 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 faster, faster, faster. It's about doing the right things and doing those things deliberately with intention. And once you have that mindset, I think you know, productivity ultimately, it's not about how much we produce over the course of the day. We can be busy all day long and not accomplish a single thing. But rather it's about what we accomplish because that's that's what we're left with at the end of the day. What we accomplish is the intentions
0: that we set. Chris does things. He does incredible things. And I urge you to check out his webpage and read some of the things that he does. I allude to it in the conversation, but check it out for yourself. But he's still humble and simple despite doing these incredible things. So if part of the reason you're here is you like my burpees or my avoiding food packaging, or avoiding flying, you're going to love Chris. But don't be fooled. Despite all the things that he does, this conversation is about simplicity and focus putting your full attention and intention and being deliberate about things. And he shares how he developed his skills of intentionality and focus. And he doesn't just show these things off, but he shares how to make these things happen in your life. So it's about what to do, how to do it, and most importantly, the point of focus. It's about what you care about. It's about having in your life more of the things that you care about, family and things like that. Plus, you'll hear that I'm very delighted for the personal environmental challenge that Chris takes on without my prompting. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Josh Spodek. I'm here with Chris Bailey. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, Josh Spodek. How are you? I'm very good. And when they contacted me about your book, they said, this is a book about the hyperfocus. It's about productivity. Who, who is they? Who, who are these they that you're speaking? Oh, of? they was, um, <laughs> I forget her name, but it was from your literary agency. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Before responding to them, I went to your page. Okay. So it's Chris does things. And I want one of the big purposes of this podcast is to empower people to do things because a lot of people talk and they don't actually do. They value the environment, they say they're aware, but they don't actually act on those values. And when they do, I, f- I find people really like it. And so, can we start, Chris, if you don't mind? We should normally do this at the end, but can you tell us the name of your book, the webpage and where they can find you? Because I want people jumping on your bandwagon. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, th- this is,
1: yeah. Okay, this, so the book, I always hate promoting myself. So you're making me uncomfortable from the very beginning, but that's, I'm just kidding, that's okay. <laughs> uh, the, the book is called Hyper Focus: How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction. And on it, inside of it, I, I dive deep into how we can bring our full attention to whatever it happens to be doing, whatever we happen to be doing in the moment, and the site that I have—it's called a Life of Productivity. For it's at alifeofproductivity.com, and you'll be happy to know that just today I disabled that annoying newsletter pop-up that pops up on so many different websites. So you're you are now free to browse among the website undistracted. So th- those are those are my uh, my outlets, I guess you could say.
0: Okay, and we'll put the links up and we'll come back to it at the end. The reason I brought it up just now is that after I got that email and before I wrote them back, I went to your webpage and it says binge. And I thought, well, that looks <laughs> interesting. So I went there and I binged and I read about all these different things that you did that recalled a lot of things that I've done. And you did different things and some things were were similar. And I was like, I like this. I like and I, okay, here's what I'd like to talk about for a minute, if it's okay with you, is that it, it talks about productivity I'm sorry, the, like they talked about productivity when they talked about you and that's yeah. what the book is couched in. And yeah. I think that productivity sells books and I think it's valuable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think it's like what I found out about minimalism, which I think is a misnomer. It, it, they act like it's about not having stuff, but I think it's really about embracing joy and relationships. And is productivity, I, I think that there's something that you get out of it that's like, what is and maybe you were saying it because bring your full mind to stuff.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, my, my take on productivity, you know, you mentioned the word productivity to somebody and what comes to their mind is something that feels so cold and corporate and all about this this mindless type of efficiency. But I, I would think that done right. The opposite is true. Mindfulness, or, or, or you know, productivity, is essentially just mindfulness, uh, but being mindful about what's important and working on that and paying attention to that. And I, I really think, you know, I've, I've done all these experiments, I've uh, done all this research into this topic, and I've written a couple books about this. And, and the idea that I keep coming back to is that what lies at the heart of being productive is intentionality. So if we're working on autopilot mode, that's the least productive mode that we can work on. The the mode where our email inbox becomes our to-do list, where we uh, wake up and then we use our phone for 30 minutes in bed before even getting out of bed, where there's no gaps in our calendar, there's notifications that run our life. And we kind of just go through the motions of the day and then the day is done and we're laying down again with our phone and we think, okay, how the hell did we spend our time? Then I think you have the days where you work with intention. And so maybe you're on vacation and and you're uh, savoring the time with your family. Maybe you're at work and you're you're on a deadline and you're hyper-focused on something that's important. You weren't tempted by Facebook or Twitter and you can easily leave your smartphone behind. And so I think there's these two modes In which we work. And the quality of our life and the quality of our productivity is directly proportional to how much of our time we spend with intention. And I think intention is everything when it comes to productivity. And, you know, like you said, there's this, this, these connotations that come with the term. But I think it really, you know, it's kind of, I got to be honest with you, it's it's this word that I use to kind of hook people and then talk a little bit about acting more deliberately and working more mindfully. Uh, but it's really a hook to talk about intention with people.
0: So were you always full of intent and deliberate action or were you like everyone else? And the, I mean, what were you like beforehand? Did you, were you born with something special? <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, this is not a question for you. <laughs> but I yeah, think that a lot man. of people listen and they think, oh yeah, well that's nice for you, but I have all these, I have all my calendar is full. Yeah. I do have all these emails, and if you were like me, then you would see that that's impossible for me. What you what you're talking about.
1: Oh no, it's totally possible. Um, and, and I think this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. And a lot of people I coach, I work with a lot of executives who who come at the, this idea of productivity from this this kind of mindset of just doing more, 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 faster, faster, faster. But then I try to kind of take that that preconception and turn it around a little bit where it's not really about doing more, 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 faster, faster, faster. It's about doing the right things and doing those things deliberately and with intention. And, and once you have that mindset, I think you know productivity, ultimately, it's not about how much we produce over the course of the day. We can be busy all day long and not accomplish a single thing, uh, but rather it's about what we accomplish because that's, that's what we're left with at the end of the day. Kind of cycles through whenever we're working throughout the day. We we go from focusing on something, then our mind wanders, or we get distracted. Then we bring it back to what we were originally doing, um, and and so I think when you model. An idea, a a kind of model of attention on top of that, where you choose something that that is productive or meaningful on which to focus. Uh, You eliminate distractions after that. Then you bring your full attention to it. Uh, You not only work on what's actually important, but you make the room for yourself to do that because you've gotten out of your own way. So uh, as a result of this, you you feel more at ease with what you're doing. uh, And you accomplish more because you actually choose more often what you want to accomplish. And I think this, that's kind of the art of productivity, isn't it? Where um, we, we don't choose often enough what we work on before we begin working. We simply focus on what's latest and loudest without setting a more productive course for ourselves. And so it goes back to that idea that productivity is essentially centered around this idea of deliberateness and intentionality um, that I think has to be there. Because if you're just keeping up with things, you're really not moving your work forward.
0: So, yeah, I think that you talk about the things that you do, and I think some people would listen <laughs> and think, I don't want to do 35 hours of meditation in a week. I don't want to be in no, seclusion for a while. No, you don't need to. I'm, I agree you don't need to, but I believe that you have to do some things. Like yeah. maybe, those, maybe the things that you do don't resonate with some people. Maybe some things that I've done don't resonate with other people. Yeah. But you've got to do some of these things. And there's, I, there's no guarantee one of the, the experiments that you do will work, but I guarantee that if you don't do the experiments – you're going to stay in reactive mode. And maybe it's going without packaged food. That was a big thing for me. Swimming across the Hudson was a really big deal for me. And you're going to do some things that you're going to not, I don't regret any of the things I've done, but there were some of them were wasted time, wasted money, but you can't tell until you do it, what you're going to get out of it. And if you keep doing what's in front of you, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, because the word leadership is in there, you probably want leadership in your life. And if all you do is what's in front of you, you're never leading. And leaders do things that you don't know how to do it, which means it's, you know, off the beaten path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, this is, I think, you you know, uh, I I think we're chatting about this blanket productivity advice that a lot of quote unquote experts give. And I I think when somebody gives a piece of advice, and maybe I'm guilty of it myself, because it's, you know, it's a trap that we sometimes fall into, but I think when somebody has a five, a 10-step system to getting more done and becoming more productive, they're, they're BSing you. Uh, you. know, They're taking you for a ride because it's personal productivity. So you really, like you said, you have to try all this on for size. You have to take the ideas that work for you and leave the rest um, because our attention is just so important. Um, and, and our productivity is so important when you see it as, as a way by which we accomplish what's what's important in our life, what's productive in our life. Um, and I think the costs of not doing it are so great <laughs> um, that, that it's, it's just so... You don't have to meditate for 35 hours over the course of a week, unless you really want to, In in which, you know, I'd encourage you to a, attend a meditation retreat and try that on for size. But definitely try, like, run experiments. I'm always running experiments on myself just to see what sticks because what sticks always surprises me. Um, And and probably the biggest thing that stuck was this idea of reactivity, like you were saying, you know, where we see productivity as just doing more, 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 faster, 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 uh, checking more things off of our to-do list. But when I dove into that idea over the course of this project, over the course of of Hyperfocus, I came up with the opposite conclusion, <laughs> which was that it's it's about doing less. It's about slowing down so we can actually see what's important and, and become less reactive. It's about uh, you know choosing three things we do over the course of the day instead of 10 so we can actually prioritize what we want to accomplish over the course of the day. It's about choosing more often what we focus on before we focus on something. So, some of the Lessons are pretty simple, but, um, but, but I think there is a lot of power
0: in that experimentation. Now, I've secretly been doing another translation in the background of almost everything you've been saying. And I hope that everyone listens. I suggest people go back and listen to the whole thing again and translate what you're saying into environment speak and environment mm. issues. Certainly, the last stuff you were saying about slowing down, being more attentive, being more mindful of things, that's the result. Like, people do lots of stuff without thinking about it. I, you know, there's a, a couple markets near me. I I don't know the last time. Like I don't shop at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. There's so much garbage and packaging, and people mindlessly. People who tell me to my face, I you know I never get anything unnecessary, and I um, I'm very aware and things like that. They're they're coming home with double bag everything and all mm-hmm. this packaged stuff that doesn't need any packaging at all, and we're mindlessly doing things. Like people talk. Oh, here's what I've been thinking about lately. Sorry if I'm ta- stop me if, if if there's something you want to say, <laughs> but oh, nice, this sure, I, I realized this recently, like why do people drink so much bottled water? They, Cause it's healthier and healthier than what healthier than soda, like healthier than what they would get. Otherwise, when did something other than water become the normal thing and water became the alternative? My water is smarter than your water. Well, yeah, when did this happen <laughs> that, that we have to get, when I was a kid, bottled water was this European frou-frou thing. And we were like, bottled water that's like what's Comes out of the tap yeah and now now they consider it healthy because it's healthy water from the tap is fine what, what's it healthier than? it must as far as i can tell it's healthier than an unhealthy alternative and meanwhile we're filling up landfills with the you know they think it's yeah it's recyclable but 90 percent of it doesn't get recycled and even the stuff that does get recycled it doesn't it's all this pollution upstream and so forth and so we're mindlessly doing all these things while we consider ourselves mindful. And actual actually being mindful, which means actually putting your attention into things, it's you you might not feel like you're you're not switching around back and forth between them as much. So you don't feel as busy. But I yeah. think that you're getting more done and you're living more according oh, yeah. to your values. And people are afraid of doing that because they feel like, but I have. And, and tell me if you see things differently, because I'm, I'm translating what you're talking no. about into what I see with people who say they care about the environment and really want to do stuff, but they keep doing what's easiest. They keep following what's around them. And it's like inst- the equivalent, like you, you said, uh, you're responding to emails and your calendar's yeah. full. And that's, to me, is like, you, you know, someone offers you something packaged and you, you're like, okay, sure. And then they you just eat what's available and you don't really think about it. But if you really thought about it, it's like factory farmed or whatever. And if you put the effort in, I think you end up what you were talking about with the mindfulness and being less busy and getting more done or, or doing yeah. more that you care about.
1: And, and you know, I, I think when you define productivity as accomplishing what you intend to do when you use that definition as a starting point, which uh, is is honestly, you know, there might be a better definition of productivity out there, but this is the best one that I found after exploring this idea for about a decade and and writing about it. Uh, and I would, I think, our productivity, given that definition, and, and that definition works at work, it works at home. Our productivity is directly proportional to how. Much of our time, what percentage of our time we act with intention, where there is a purpose behind what we're doing, and you know I've, I feel like I've said the the same thing a few times, but where we choose to do what we do before we do it. And it's in that choice that's where our freedom lies. This gap between intention and action—we can overcome it when we have a strong enough intention to work with in the first place. You know, then we then, then we don't fall victim to these distractions. We don't fall off track. And I, I think riffing off what you were just saying, there's a certain vulnerability in a way of hyperfocusing is is the term that I like to use for it uh, on one thing for for a period of time on on focusing on an opera for, for half. For half an hour or an hour at a time before your mind wanders uh, for focusing on writing a report for focusing on volunteering and or being with your kids or with your family um, there 's a certain vo- vulnerability in that because if you spend more time on something you 're spending more attention on it too, but you also inherently need more confidence that you're working on the best possible thing in the first place. Um, And and so, I think that it's essential that we choose more often what we do before we do it. Um, And and then, you know, if something's aversive and we don't want to do it, eliminating distractions and then bringing our attention back when it wanders off to to something else. And so, you know, this idea, I think, is kind of universal, isn't it? That that, um, when we manage our attention, we become more productive at work. We accomplish more. That, that's the lens through which I see things. So I'm a bit kind of biased in that direction. But we also get to live a life that's, that's true to who we are uh, on a deeper level. That's uh, aligned with the values that we have. Because the more often we step back, the more
0: productive uh, our life becomes, I think. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results. People will follow you more than you think, and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. I think that's the whole thing is that right there, what you said, it becomes about your values. Minimalism is not about getting rid of stuff. It's about knowing your values. And then you live by those values and you act on those values. And like getting rid of things you don't value forces you to do things that you do value. And I think you're talking about something like that's more with material objects. And I think with you, it's more how you spend your time, your attention, probably your relationships. Your energy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you spend it on whatever, you don't get that back. Certainly not your time.
1: No. No.
0: I have two things that I think will motivate what's coming next, which is that one is that If if you're if the interconnectedness of environmental issues and acting on that, I'm putting in the acting part myself. If that connects with everything else, then I think you get some benefit out of it, and that it connects with that doing stuff environmentally would be doing stuff, productivity and mindfulness and connected to all those things. And also, one of the big things that I that I want the reason I like to have influential guests who do things, leaders, is that I think that a lot of people out there feel like. I want to do something, but if I do it, no one else does. What difference does it make? And I think that if people, if they hear people who do things, do something that they might, then I think they'll feel like, oh, I'm part of a community. It's not just me doing these things. And so I'm going to invite you, if you're up for it, to do something environmental, to act on this value. Maybe, I mean, ideally connecting with this interconnectedness that you don't have to fix all the problems of the world all by yourself overnight. But you can't be, it can't be telling others what to do. And it can't be something you're already doing. But would you be up for doing something that, acting on your environmental values? Oh, of course. Me me personally? Or yeah. or providing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and <clears throat> you know, I might take things uh, up a notch even more <laughs> where, uh, you know, I, I'd love to give people a few tools to to be able to do that. Um, one of my, one of my favorite productivity techniques of all time. Oh,
0: wait, before, Oh, sorry. Oh, before you said that you care about the environment. Yeah. And if there's anything that you would like to, that you could take on a personal challenge. Oh yeah. To live by that value in a way that you haven't done yet. Mm. You probably have some ways. Yeah. And
1: And then this is a fun, this is a fun challenge because this is something I think a lot about. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not really aware of what I'm doing well and not doing well, um, I think one thing that I could personally do is to minimize the amount of travel that I. And I love how the cars are beeping outside, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think this is something simple where you know taking public transit. we we're, we're going to see uh, Mission Impossible tomorrow. To just simply taking uh, the public transit that's going there anyway instead of hopping in an Uber might be a fun way to, to do that. Or one of the beautiful parts about the... I live in a little city in, in Canada here. Um, one of the lovely parts that I love about being here is that it's so walkable. It's eminently walkable. We, we drive hardly anywhere. Um, but I do a lot of flying here and there um, where you know I'm, I'm traveling around the world to give talks and things like that. And so... I, I think another challenge, maybe I could give myself two. Is that okay? If I, if I give myself two
0: here? Well, let's make the first one a smart goal, if that's cool okay. for you. Yeah. It, so is it something you do for a period of time? I mean, the T in smartest time? Or, yeah. you know, what I, what, I, what I hope to do is to bring you back a second time after you've done it and to share your experience. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think we could... Um, you know, we see a movie probably every week or two. And so I I think this is something that, I don't think there has to really be an end goal here. I I think it's just something that we got to be more mindful of. And uh, I'll have to check with Arden, but I'm sure she'll be down as well (laughs) to
0: to do this. Okay, yeah, because I think that this will be, I think this is a good one because a lot of people think, I want to do something, but it'll get in the way of someone else. And what's really interesting is hearing how people Effective leaders help other people achieve goals, and so and they don't necessarily see other people as a problem but as part of the solution. i'm not sure yeah. how you'll work with it she She usually
1: guides me through achieving most of my goals
0: <laughs>
1: so, so I'm sure she'll help me out with this one too if, if she's down but but yeah she's she's pretty mindful as well
0: okay, and how long do you think it would take to for it to be for you to feel like, ah, oh, I've, I've, I've done this enough that I can come back and tell the listeners it's what the experience was like. I, I think around three months. Three months? Okay. Yeah. So I propose after we hang up, uh, we could schedule to, the follow-up conversation in three months. Cool. All right. And so I wanted to focus on one and you had another one. Yeah
1: yeah so I, I do a lot of flying here there and everywhere, and uh and, and I think that's one of the ways that I personally could minimize um, that, you know the footprint that I have on the world. And, and so perhaps I can find one trip that is unnecessary over the, over the span of these same three months that that could be better on the train, it could be better on some other way. Do you think that's a good one or no? I
0: love it because you're the first person who spontaneously said, I would consider flying less. I've every, almost everybody else is like, it's almost as if a fundamental part of human nature is that we must get an airplane. (laughs) And for someone to spontaneously suggest it is, uh, I love it. And plus you made it a smart goal right off the bat that uh, so in three months we can, it's possible that there were no trips would happen anyway, but maybe oh, no. one would come up. <laughs> one, one happens every week or two, so I think okay. it'll be,
1: it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it should be pretty easy to find one to eliminate. Plus,
0: uh, you know, it's exhausting traveling sometimes. So this is going to blow the minds of listeners, that someone who would voluntarily choose to not fly. <laughs> is it? Will it? I, well, for people who absolutely cannot imagine a life without flying, Hmm. Which to me is that's like what you're talking about before. It's like a life of that's the following life. Yeah, there are places you want to fly, but if you think you absolutely can't fly, uh, can't can't live without flying, as if hundreds of thousands of years of humanity, pre-invention of flying, were like somehow all miserable. Yeah, I I, I shouldn't talk here because I get too. um, You get worked up. I get worked up, and also I've. It's since I'm in my third year of not flying. It's been so long that I've enjoyed, It's. I think it's like the slow food movement. It's been so long since I've had fast food that I don't, the idea of the smell of the McDonald's is, is revolting to me, not enticing. Although I know that when I ate fries a lot, it would be delicious. It, by then, then it was, and now it's, it's the opposite. There's zero willpower for me to not eat fast food or Ben and Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs or whatever. That doesn't take willpower. And so with the not flying, to me, I've gotten to the stage where I'm like, I love my community. I love my country. I love my, yeah. the, the adventures that I get, the cuisine that I sample when I'm getting stuff from around here. And, I've, and so when I talk about not flying, I think I'm, I'm, I'm so gung-ho and I love so much my community and the adventure and cuisine that I can get without flying. Yeah. I, I think I sound out of touch and I think people find me as less accessible no, when? you know, I think there are some trips that you can't avoid. Like
1: with the line of work that I have, um, I was invited to do a talk in Saudi Arabia, and I think it's in a few weeks or so. And so it's it's kind of hard if one of the things you do is speak for a living, and somebody really wants you to be there, and you think there'd be a net gain. You know, if, if you're talking to to a, a team of leaders to, to become more mindful and, and more considerate about each other and, and their attention. I think that's a net gain overall. And it's kind of hard to go to Saudi Arabia <laughs> from Canada not flying. But but I, I think then there, there are the more recreation trips that, that I have. You know, Going to Prague last week is a good example of one where you could take a staycation here, and uh, and savor the the town that that you live in. Well, one of my favorite writers is David Kane. You, you should have him on the podcast. He he writes a writes a blog called Raptitude. It, it, oh, hello! <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite blogs on the internet. And he advocates. Sorry,
0: I have a firehouse oh, across yeah, the street from me. So this happens a,
1: periodically. Maybe they're just fans of Raptitude as well. <laughs> and, and David Kane's work. He's, he's he's incredible. But he advocates for doing a depth year where, you know, so often we buy new books and we travel to new places and we try to meet new people and we do all these things to seek out what's new. Instead of looking at all the books we haven't read and all of the people we've lost touch with and the the beautiful city, I- cities in which we live, and uh, I think if you look around you, there's so much depth, and that doesn't involve traveling all over the world to, in order to savor it. Uh, and so I think an idea along those lines is pretty cool as well.
0: I really yeah, look forward to the next conversation because I think I think we're going to pick up right here, and we're going to. It's going to be the listeners are going to get to hear this conversation, and most of them will get will like jump ahead to the next one, which will be you talking about how the experience was of, of choosing to do the staycation, choosing to yeah. explore and go into depth. So I want to I I close with a couple of questions. One is, yeah. is there anything I didn't think to ask that's, that we should bring up? And mm. the other is, is there any message you want to give directly to the listeners?
1: The second one is easier. Uh-huh. <laughs> anything we didn't talk about? Uh, I, I don't think so, but I will say that I, I'm really happy that we did Talk about that idea of everything being so interconnected, um, because you know I haven't really put my finger on the pulse of that idea. But I think with this new book, with the last one, with with this message that that I'm uh, that I'm trying to spread, that that's kind of the the thing that lies at the center of it. And I think it's something that that um, it's worth all of us exploring how our behavior how what we say and what we do and even to some level what we think um, uh, affects how we perceive the world and and how other people perceive us and how the world works around us, especially as leaders. So I, I think it's cool that we put our finger on the pulse of that
0: idea. Um, is that something you talk a lot about on the pod or no? Yes, not in exactly the same words, but to me it's about your values. It's about what you care about. It's about, you know, I mean, for you interconnectedness, that certainly resonates with me, you know, with a background in physics, there's a famous Richard Feynman quote about the, well, it's the world in a drop of wine. And when you say that, it reminds me of why I studied nature in the first place.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And we're, we're creating our own nature. We're, we're a part of nature too. So it's, it's, it's such a beautiful idea. Um, a message that
0: what's the second thing? A message I'd want to leave folks with? Yeah, if you, if there's something directly to for the listeners, and then after that, yeah, please repeat again the book and where to reach you. And okay, cool.
1: Um, a message that I'd like to impart on people, um, you know, th- this idea of of our t- attention is very much on the top of my mind right now, um, and, and I, I think uh, these days our attention is the most valuable. Ingredient we have to living a good life. Um, if we bring only a fraction of our attention to a conversation or, uh, or a podcast chat or an opera <laughs> or something we're working on, we're, we're really only bringing a fraction of ourselves to what we're doing. And I, I think this is one of the biggest deficits that we're facing now, is, is this idea of working on this mindless, autopilot mode that frankly, the world around us draws into operating on. But the more we work with intention behind what we do, and the more we manage our focus and our attention well, um, the, the better our life will become. And that, that's the message I, I'd like to impart. I hope the, the conversation was, was valuable for folks. I know we veered off the topic of the environment a, a little bit, but I, I hope, <clears throat> you know, um, I,
0: I hope people uh, still find it valuable. Chris, thank you, and we'll have you back in a few months, and I look forward to hearing how it goes. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, you could certainly hear how glad I was that he suggested not flying unprompted by me. So maybe the cultural tide is turning. Maybe you'll see more people do it. I think you will. I suppose that's a sign that this podcast may be making a difference. So I'm also glad that he realized the limitations of his awareness to motivate his taking on the challenge because he's refreshingly open-minded. I didn't hear he was making a big deal out of it. He was not moralistic it was just practical, which is I think the most effective way to approach big challenges. So I look forward to hearing how things go with his not flying challenge. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on commit to a personal challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. We're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at joshuaspodak.net or at joshuaspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it.